Welcome to Creative MKE, a conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gasparka. Hey there, listeners. Elizabeth here. In this episode of Creative MKE, I speak with Adam Bratz, Imagine MKE's new executive director, who stepped into the role in March. Adam has carved a unique arc in his career, beginning as a touring musician on Carnival Cruise Line, followed by an enlistment into the U.S. Air Force as a musician and then basic training instructor, and more recently in communications and leadership roles within the nonprofit space. Outside of his formal jobs, Adam produced a podcast called The Thriving Veteran and has written a best-selling book about LinkedIn and networking for veterans. In our conversation, Adam shares about how, during his time in the military, a pivotal deployment to the Middle East changed his perspective on music making forever, as well as his professional trajectory. In the years following, he recognized a calling to pursue his vision of working in service of an arts organization that advocates for and amplifies the work of creatives in his home state of Wisconsin and sought advanced degrees to help him realize this goal. Throughout our conversation, Adam touches on some of the important priorities of the organization of Imagine MKE for the next year, including arts advocacy at the state and city level that is both responsive and strategic, developing exciting professional advancement opportunities for artists and creatives in the greater Milwaukee area, and much more. He highlights ways in which the new strategic focus of the organization is a continuation of its original premise, but built for our post-pandemic era. He also cracks some cheesy, cheesy jokes. As the leader of Imagine MKE, Adam hopes to create a legacy of empowering a new set of arts leaders for our city and aims to show, not tell, Imagine MKE's priorities through demonstrating our values in the work that we accomplish in the year to come. Join me after the break for my conversation with Imagine MKE's Executive Director, Adam Bratz. This transitional music is an excerpt from an original composition by Bratz entitled Sorry in Advance, in which he plays the piano.
Welcome, Adam. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's uh, it's funny to see you in the digital space after being in the office with you moments ago. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely this isn't our first time hanging out here. That's true. Yeah, but it's our first time that our listeners are hearing from you. So very excited to let you talk about your background and about your vision for your work at Imagine MKE. I've been a fan of of the podcast for quite some time. So it's like. It's exciting for me to 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 be a part of it now. I mean, exciting to be a part of Imagine MKE overarchingly, but to be to be a guest on the podcast is just like a an added bonus there that I'm I've been pretty pumped about. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, it's not your first time at the rodeo in terms of podcasts, but we should <laughs> uh, I'll let you I'll let you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, starting with if you would, just sharing about one particular arts and culture experience in your life that left a strong imprint on you and perhaps inspired you to pursue the career path that you've chosen? You know, I, you gave me that question in advance and I really, I, I really, I struggled with it. I wanted to, I I put a lot of thought into it and uh, it's hard to pick one moment, you know, when you, when you are involved in the arts for a, for a prolonged period of time, it seems like there's just so many transformative moments one after the other after the other as you achieve things on your own and with your your friends and with your bandmates or with other artists when you fail and overcome when you endure you know it's it's hard to pick but i i was able to 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 zone in on on one so i i started my uh my post collegiate career after a, a very brief stint Doing some professional musiciany sort of stuff. Uh, Two thousand eight happened. The housing crisis and the economy crashed, and I ended up joining the Air Force bands. A lot of people don't know that the Air Force has bands. The Air Force has bands, uh, and some really good ones too. Um, so I ended up joining. Uh, I went through basic training, played in a in a like a Glenn Miller style big band for a while, and then transitioned from that into being in a rock band. <laughs> which is essentially just like top 40 cover band, classic rock, uh, you know, pop hit sort of thing. Sometimes corny, uh, but really <laughs> s- solid musicians. So it, it's always uh, executed at a high level, which is cool. But but with that group, I was sent overseas. And our mission was uh, to the Middle East. And our mission was through this three-month period of time to really pound the pavement and and go all over the place and give deployed troops a taste of home and to play for foreign communities, foreign dignitaries, the the hearts and minds work that it was the reason why the bands existed under the greater wing of Air Force Public Affairs. Mm. And that was our mission. But, but really, until that point, I had always viewed music selfishly. Mm. And, and it took me, considering you posing this question, uh, to me just in the last week for for me to come to that realization i i viewed it in terms of uh what almost what it owed me what i could create with mm. it it was all very me 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 centric and you know if i had to play wallpaper music that wasn't challenging or 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 gave me an opportunity to to express myself at a you know whatever artistic level i felt i was due in my you know youthful egotistical brain I always, you know, would scoff at those things 
And so I, 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 I viewed it selfishly. What could I create? Who could I create it with? How could I build my career based on this? And, and it was that deployment that really changed that for me. Hmm. And, and, and I had to pick two moments. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> we went all over the place. We went to Iraq and Afghanistan and Oman and UAE and Kuwait and Qatar and, but, but we spent um, a couple weeks in Kyrgyzstan, which is a really interesting place. And uh, so we were at, I believe it's Manas Air Base, that the base isn't there anymore. But, but there were some tensions there between the, the military, the United States military personnel and the, the Kyrgyz locals, the people who live there and, and live there their whole lives, you know. There were some tensions, some some things that happened in the community that upset some people, and tensions were high between the locals and the Kyrgyz military and our military. And so basically they were like, okay, Air Force rock band, fix it. <laughs> you know? And and I was I was still viewing viewing it. I was like, oh great, I get to go play a Michael Jackson medley for a bunch <laughs> of people, you know, and you know, see if I can save the world with it. And it was, mm. it was almost, like I said, very egotistical, very me centric, which is not uncommon for someone in their mid twenties or, or, you know, sure. uh, but we had a couple of opportunities with this particular mission. One, we, we played in front of some Kyrgy officer candidates, hmm. um, and some military, some, dig some dignitaries and some, uh, some politicians and some officers. And it, it was in this crowded theater and we played and, it's incredible how things like a language barrier or a philosophical barrier or a religious barrier or a cultural barrier, or any of these barriers just melted hmm. when, I mean, we played music that I, I wouldn't have dreamed in a million years they would have been able to sing along with, but they hmm. knew every word and they did. And afterwards there were smiles and handshakes and people taking photos. And I was like, oh man, like, this was really powerful. And I used to roll my eyes when the, the, the Air Force would call it diplomatic weaponry or non-kinetic mm. weaponry. I'd be mm -hmm. like, just call it music, you nerds. But <laughs> boy, it, so, it worked. So what was the song where you noticed they just like <laughs> really felt it and, and they were vibing? It was, uh, it was, um, golly, uh, Renegade. No, not Renegade. It was, uh, uh, foreplay and long time by boston oh my god yeah With the, the organ intro yeah that was like my moment to shine nice but then the, the next day we played at a a middle school that was an arts middle school and they had i, I mean this was not a, a very you know wealthy area and so we played at this middle school in this building they had their auditorium don't ask me why but it was on the third floor no elevators and so we carried all of our gear upstairs. Um, and then the the power source on this stage was like, you know, those little like brown two prong extension cords mm -hmm. that your grandma and grandpa has their lamp plugged into. <laughs> yes. Like that was coming out of a ceiling tile. And that oh, was our no. power source for this. But Ooh. and then they brought these kids in and they're in uniforms. I'm like, there's no way that this will register like hmm. or this will land or accomplish anything. We started with a Michael Jackson medley and it was like the Beatles invasion. And <laughs> I mean, they were screaming and, you know, they wanted autographs and, you know, Amazing. and, and these people who had nothing, 
were showed such hospitality and gratitude at a level that mm-hmm. I could not possibly imagine existed going into that situation. All they had was like uh, apricots and shredded carrots. So we got mm-hmm. puff pastries with carrots and puff pastries with apricots and then puff pastries without any of it, if you, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, but they, they shared and they gave without even a second thought. Mm-hmm. And I mean, both of those experiences back to back, and just the the overarching mission really calmed tensions there and we accomplished it. And I realized that like, wow, the arts have a healing and connective power and it transcends barriers and mm-hmm. obstacles and it can bring people together in the most unlikely circumstances. It was a very long answer to your question, <laughs> but, but it brought in a lot of historical context yes. or whatever. Um, but yeah, at that moment, I, I knew that my that my future trajectory had changed. And up until mm-hmm. that moment, before, before that deployment, I was like, I'm going to go to the Middle East. I'm going to get home. I'm going to get out of the military and I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to try to be a studio musician like that. Mm-hmm. That was what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. And anything else was not acceptable to me. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, and it was that deployed experience. There were a lot of other things that happened on that deployment that were eye opening, but but it was that that I came home and I re-enlisted and I put in for a master's degree program and I put in for, uh, I applied to become a military training instructor. It's like my whole career changed because mm. of that. So thank you for asking such a great question because it really made me think that was a turning point for me. Amazing. And our listeners can't see you right now, but if they Uh-oh. could, they would see a piano behind you on the wall there. So I don't think you mentioned, but Adam is a piano player by training. You play piano, yeah. My undergraduate education is in music. It's technically a classical piano degree because just the school I went to had a good jazz program, but no jazz studies degree, mm. which is absolutely what I would have gotten. I basically just begrudgingly acquiesced to you know, getting a classical piano degree and hacked my way through it um, just so I could play jazz and commercial music. Uh, which is, you know, the direction my career ended up going in. Well, perhaps draw a line for us from your your time in the military. How did you end up on the path to this opportunity to lead Imagine MKE in its new phase? You know, it's it really does seem like it bounces all over the place. <laughs> it's very an, an interdisciplinary career, a a Forrest Gump sort of life that that (laughs) things just kind of pop out here and there that seem not related. But but now being where I am currently, I see the wisdom in all of it and how it kind of inner, how it all interrelated with. Mm. And so uh, after I left the Air Force bands and became a military training instructor, I was down in San Antonio. I was uh, teaching at the drum and bugle corps, marching people around, wearing a big hat, yelling, making people do (laughs) pushups and which is what it's like to work for you right now, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of yelling, a lot of push-ups, big know. hats. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we need more big hats <laughs> in the office. Indeed. Uh, so, if the if the previous position for me was was the thing that changed the my my goal and my kind of helped me to realize my overarching purpose, being a military training instructor is what really helped to smooth out some wrinkles in my professional development and my in my professionalism 
in in my ability to lead and my ability to follow and ability to interact. You know, it's very high stakes, very high mm-hmm. standard position that have very little room for mistakes or excuses mm-hmm. or or anything like that. I mean, it was very challenging, but but that that really helped me push forward. And and I knew at that moment that 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 was going to be the end of my military career, but not the end of my service. And and I thought, you know, in in my altruistic naivety, I'm like, I want to work in the nonprofit world because I mm. want to be able to sleep at night knowing that I did my best to help other people overcome adversity or, you know, avoid suffering or mm. achieve or, you know, that that's what I really wanted to do. And that was born from the service oriented aspects of, of my military career. Mm. So I got a master's in uh, arts development and program management while I was in as an MTI. And my goal was to have a position pretty much exactly like I'm in right now. Like my, mm-hmm. my goal, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have a leadership role in an arts advocacy and an arts amplifying organization. And I wanted to do it in Wisconsin because that's where I'd grown up. It took me a while to get there. I got out of the military, was an executive for the Boy Scouts of America in the St. Louis area and then in the Milwaukee area. And a few shorter stints with uh, other nonprofits or uh, for-profit business at one point. Uh, my longest tenure since since getting out of the military, I spent three and a half years with the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. I was the eventually the VP of Programs and Communications. I I, I still felt like I had gaps in my knowledge, though. I'm not the type of person who thinks that everybody needs formalized higher education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally respond well to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to get my MBA, which I did. Took some time off to finish my MBA and finish uh, a book that I wrote and get that published. And then then the Imagine MKE thing happened and mm-hmm. here I am. Amazing. So okay. let's dig in a little bit mm-hmm. further to... This moment at Imagine MKE, mm. where you are the executive director, and you know, for listeners out there who've been tracking on Imagine's trajectory, you know, they know that the organization was founded in 2019. The pandemic struck, and the organization had to pivot and be really responsive and nimble to completely unprecedented end-of-world scenarios oh, yeah. uh, for oh. arts and culture in Milwaukee, but. We're at this point of reemergence, and there's some really exciting things on the horizon. Would you mind walking our listeners through your take on Imagine's new strategic focus? Mm. You know, the the new strategic focus definitely has deep roots in the old strategic focus. It's mm. this isn't a completely reimagining mm-hmm. of of Imagine. Um, it is it is merely a a, a, a sharper laser focus on the mm. things that through the the history of this organization, uh, we have understood to be valuable for the arts and artists. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still learning a lot of the greater context of the work that Imagine has done. Obviously, I'm in month two, so I don't <laughs> I don't have it all uh, <laughs> all memorized quite yet. But Wait, you don't have flashcards? No, no. <laughs> it, it's 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 interesting being involved in an organization and trying to learn about the history of that organization mm, at the mm-hmm. at the same time and i'm so grateful for for you elizabeth having the the institutional knowledge you know and being able to to share a, a lot of the greater uh, historical context of other things that have been going on but so so i i just wanted to make sure that i established that 
this isn't a completely new Imagine MKE. So, mm. so I mean, people who have been supportive in the past and people who who like Imagine MKE because they support the arts and artists. All right, you're 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 still in the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't touch that dial. <laughs> but uh, our our focus is more centered around the the wider economic impact of the arts and culture, and amplifying the arts and culture in a way that provides economic opportunities for arts and artisans and creatives. Mm. And and that that manifests in in a number of different ways. Some of it is reactive to pressing needs from an advocacy perspective. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is is an attempt to be proactive about uh, making an enduring case for public arts subsidy, whether it be federal, state, local. Um, that's that's not really a test you can cram for. So uh, <laughs> it, making an enduring case for the need for that subsidy and then also expanding the view of that to it's it's more than just making our communities more vibrant, more 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 diverse, more beautiful, more engaged, you know, more expressive. It, it's more than that. I mean, it, it is a huge economic driver. Our mm. arts, culture, tourism, film, nightlife, nighttime economy. When when someone comes to a place to experience something artistic or cultural, they pay for parking, they pay for babysitter, they pay for food, they go out for drinks afterwards, they they also engage with local business owners. It, it amplifies all of these adjacent economies. So getting people mm-hmm. to understand that, you know, we're not just throwing dollars at something that is a, a feel-good, frivolous nicety. But but really garnering support for something that yeah it, it it's a win win because it makes everybody feel better it makes our world a more beautiful place but it also stimulates our economy uh, so making that case not only from an advocacy perspective but also making that case in a storytelling perspective mm-hmm. uh, through less direct means than you know going to the steps of the Capitol and and trying to get in people's face about it mm-hmm. uh, but telling the untold stories about the arts and culture in Milwaukee. And also amplifying the ability and accelerating the ability of arts and uh, artists and artisans and creatives in the area to expand the business part of of what they do mm-hmm. and giving them the tools in their toolbox. You know, so so I would say a very new part that aligns very closely with old strategic ideas is the creative mm. workforce development angle and workforce pipeline, creative employment pipeline creation, uh, mm-hmm. which is a focal point for us. Mm. Uh, so if if I were to, to, I was tooling around with this, it's on my whiteboard right now. My idea for our four focal points in, in our new strategic framework to advocate, obviously, in a, a public policy and, and research driven way uh, to advance the skills of our artists, and then the workforce development aspect that I just talked about to amplify through promoting arts, through media production, storytelling, all of that stuff, and then also to advocate arts, our artistic activations and events in neighborhoods and, and in people's backyards. Mm, awesome. 
So in what you just shared, Adam, I think there's something that stands out to me that's really worth drawing out a little bit more. So you talked about creating an enduring case for the impact of the arts on our economy. And of course, that brings to mind AEP6, a major project that Imagine's been undertaking for the last year. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about AEP6? What is this thing that is not a robot, but sounds like perhaps a a name for a robot? What is AEP6? It's an incredible opportunity. It's a collaboration that was that was forged prior to me joining. I mm. can't take credit for it, mm-hmm. but golly, Same. it's a great collaboration with uh, Americans for the Arts. They do this AEP study, the Arts and Economic Prosperity Study, every three or four years or so. And this is AP6, so it's the sixth iteration. It's the first time that they've come to Wisconsin, to Milwaukee, and we are their point of contact for that. And this study involves going to a wide variety of disparate, diverse sampling of arts offerings throughout the area and distributing surveys to families to see what is that wider economic impact. You know, did you pay for parking? Did you pay for a babysitter? You know, the the things I mentioned earlier. And then compiling that data with all of the other nationwide representatives, uh, Americans for the Arts will be producing this fall a huge package of of data, not just nationwide, but also for Milwaukee specifically. Mm. And that's that's going to be a really important tool for us to leverage to make that compelling bipartisan case mm-hmm. for public arts subsidy. Absolutely. And I just want to add to that another mm. component of the Arts and Economic Prosperity 6 study that's really exciting and and is ongoing is the opportunity for the arts organizations in our community to reflect the economic impact of their own organizations, right? Right. So uh, reporting on their employment stats, uh, reporting on the grants that they receive, how they give back to the community. So this is going to be part of the overall uh, research picture that is developed by Americans for the Arts as a result of this project for the last year. So we're really, really excited to be part of it. And I just wanted to highlight that for our listeners, because you may have seen Imagine, you know, around at events at the Marcus Center, uh, at No Studios, trying to hit you up for some some data about your, your event attendance. And that's what that's all about. So, and if you happen to be part, one of the arts organizations or a representative from one of the arts organizations that's participating, keep an eye on your emails if you haven't submitted your organizational survey, because it is really important to get a wide swath of participants in this in this important study to make sure that our community is is fully fully represented fully represented say. is the key there it's you know yet uh, we live in a different world almost entirely than we did before covid mm. so that's why this is timely and important but also uh this is the first iteration of AEP that there is a deliberate, very aggressive focus on getting diverse representation Mm -hmm. in their surveying. And that is diversity of arts and cultural offerings, diversity from the respondents. And that is going to give us a more complete picture of the wider impact of the arts throughout all of Milwaukee. Great point. So... 
with an eye on the time here, I just want to make sure that we jump into a couple of other mm, important yeah. initiatives that Imagine's been working on. Can you tell our listeners what Action Wisconsin is and why mm. why it's so important? Action Wisconsin is a group that's been put together to advocate for the creation of film incentive programs, either state or locally funded film incentive programs to try to attract folks in the film industry to make to come to Wisconsin, to come to Milwaukee to record their Netflix TV series or their documentary or their feature film or their commercial. And that may seem like a, a ridiculous idea to folks who don't know the, the ins and outs of how that works, but many, many other states have already implemented film incentives and have been reaping the benefits. Mm. It's, it's a huge economic amplifier. And let me give you an example. So let's say Netflix docuseries coming into Milwaukee to film. They roll up there with their hosts, with some key production staff, but they can't just show up on Milwaukee's doorstep and start filming. Mm. There are a lot of people behind the scenes that make those sort of things possible, and most of them are contracted locally. Mm -hmm. Not only is there going to be the revenue generated from permitting, you have to pay the city to get police officers to block off a street if you want to, you know. All sorts of uh, behind the scenes logistics that are revenue generating for the city or the municipality or whatever. But also they're going to be hiring local caterers. They're going to be patronizing hotels or or whatever lodging the, the out of state talent needs. Mm-hmm. And their food is going to be purchased locally. Hair and makeup is going to be contracted locally. Lighting, set construction. Uh, you, it is just... There is a a mile long list Mm. of associated industries that benefit at an insane level from having filming take place in our area. Right now, people don't come to Wisconsin typically to do that because they don't have the film incentives. But that's why people go to Georgia to film. Mm. Massive Mm. film incentives. Right. And they, (laughs) I mean... Yes, they have better weather year round, but but it's also the the tax incentives. And if we are able to create some sort of a incentive established, all we need is one to pilot and to show that it is a conservatively like a seven to one mm-hmm. ROI, uh, economic impact mm-hmm. ROI. And then it, it will, I think it'll be easy for us to make that case uh, to to garner support, but we just need to get that one. So question for you. Mm-hmm. I haven't been shy about my stance on Milwaukee really being a film town. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a huge source of employment. You know, the film industry in Milwaukee surpasses the number of employees working in, in brewing, for example, which is what our city is most known for. So um, exactly. So we're, we're overdue for filmmakers and workers in the film industry, in our community, to have support. So my question is, will mm. this benefit that Action Wisconsin is vying for, will it also benefit local filmmakers? Like we understand that we want to attract people to our community, but what about those who are, you know, for example, graduating from the uh, experimental film program at UWM and are not going to make a blockbuster film? How will this how will this work impact their future here? 
I think that's a great question. And, and having having this area be known as a place, as a destination place for filming, as a place that is friendly for filmmakers and film crews and has all the pieces uh, ready and willing and able to to execute and do a good job and help with the production of, of such a huge part of our culture, our entertainment culture and our economy will be an inspiring force to keep that film talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also part of this process is creating the infrastructure to house filming like a, a sound stage, mm-hmm. uh, a, you know, having areas to film. So that will benefit those those indie and self-funded and, and the self-employed filmmakers as well, because they'll have a space and an outlet. Milwaukee's creative economy is struggling with with some serious and has been for quite some time with some serious brain drain. We, we are losing talented people to other areas because we don't necessarily have the the resources, the support, the funding, the infrastructure mm-hmm. in place that that inspires the talent to stay here. We have tons of talent here. Don't get don't get me wrong, but but we are we are slow bleeding a lot of really incredible folks, um, and this would be an important step in turning towards the right direction here. Mm. Well said. So, weigh in a little bit. Uh, what, from your perspective, is unique about Milwaukee's arts and culture as it exists today and its potential? Oh, uh, limitless potential. This area is so hungry and there are so many creative people who are just just aching to express themselves. There is there's a weird invisible bubble around creatives right now and I can't quite put my finger on it. I think that's the million dollar question. I feel like uh to use a a very apropos Wisconsin analogy, we are our arts and our creative scene is like uh, it's like a sausage, like an overstuffed sausage casing that is just about to burst because it's just so full of meaty creative talent and a hunger to succeed. But it there is something that is keeping it in that shape, uh, and and that's you know uh, in the on the abstract end of things that's that's one of my goals is to find out whatever that barrier is, whether it's interpersonal whether it's uh, economic funding, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever it is, you know, or is it, is it a perception thing? Is, mm. are we too stuffy in our arts? Are we not inclusive enough or like, what mm. is the answer to that? And how do we break open that sausage casing and let the, the meat just go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let okay. I'm still with I you really, here. I'm picturing I, like a, ch- a yummy chorizo as like the, the end, end product, right? I, t- like, I took the analogy about four <laughs> steps too far. But I you, think, you I mean, it's a great point. It's a great moment to remind listeners that your last name is Bratz. Bratz. Yeah. Like pronounced like multiple German sausages. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, I'm excited to dig in a little bit more to some of the exciting things that are coming up that can help our creatives realize their potential, step into their greatness, and level up a little bit. Can you share with listeners what's coming down the pike from Imagine? Oh, man, yeah, we've, we have a lot of big ideas, a lot of big, bold ideas, and, and the, right, the right people 
and the right support pipelines in place to make it happen. So it's going to be a really incredible year, remainder of this calendar year and following year for us, uh, really pinpointing, uh, having our eyes towards the future for our Creative Industry Summit, which is not only going to be an incredible multi-day event that celebrates and, and helps to support creatives of all disciplines and and gives them an outlet and business opportunities and puts tools in their toolbox to to upskill and maybe uh, smooth out some things professionally that they that they need to gain some knowledge on to to be better advocates for themselves and 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 more effective business people. But it'll also be a a, a very solid indication of where Imagine stands and what our priorities are going to be in the future. Because, hmm. uh, I mean, we could we could come out with a press release till we're blue in the face that says, here's what our priorities are. But I would much rather, you know, we're, we're going to do it. Mm. And, and we're mm-hmm. going to do it and we're going to show you. And it, it's going to be, uh, to use a very Wisconsin term, it's going to be a real hootenanny. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. We're... we're uh, We'll be releasing more information on that very soon, but we're already establishing some very fruitful partnerships to make this a great event. It'll be at the end of October, St. Kate Arts Hotel. So we're already off to a good start there because it's a heck of a venue. Yeah, so exciting. Yes, more on all of this and more on Action Wisconsin coming up Mm -hmm. in future episodes. Oh, yeah. Since our time here is unbelievably winding down already, Adam, I just want to make sure that we you know, hone in on a couple of last, last pieces. I guess it might be an interesting moment for you to share what, what your book was about. And, um, (laughs) you know, I think it's, I think it's not unrelated to the creative summit and some of the tools and some of the, yeah, some of the opportunities that we're going to be sharing with, with creatives of all stripes. Yeah. I, I wrote a book called LinkedIn mastery for veterans and transitioning service members. Uh, so a thriller, you'd say. <laughs> um, it's a technical manual that has kind of a, a very conversational approach to help folks with the 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 wider world of networking, and mm. and an, an important por- uh, portion of that is the digital aspect. You can't these days you can't network exclusively online. You can't network exclusively in person. If you want to be the most effective, you need to take a hybrid approach if you're going to get those touch points in and. And, you know, there are, unfortunately, a lot of folks who transition out of the military who don't, who, who may be excellent professionals, but don't know how to market themselves and don't mm-hmm. know how to uh, put themselves out there uh, in, in a way that, 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 ex- that adequately expresses their marketability. And there are a lot of parallels with, uh, with artists. I mean, in, in my music career, I've... <laughs> I've, I've played with a lot of slamming musicians who don't know how to balance a dang checkbook. Mm. So it's, it's a, or, or don't know how to, you know, share their skills with the world on Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, so that's why I'm so passionate about and really excited about the, the endeavors that, that imagine has moving forward to put those, those tools in the toolboxes of, of artists and creatives and, and artisans and creators and, and, you know, whatever you want to call them, people who make things and mm-hmm. are good at things and aspire to, to do awesome things. They need to be able to sustain themselves and their families mm-hmm. 
with their awesome contributions to our society. And some of them just need a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of education to get there. Mm. Yeah, it's all about empowerment. Mm -hmm. Speaking of empowerment, so as the leader of Imagine MKE, beyond the work that you just touched on, the actual deliverables that we're going to be driving towards, what kind of legacy do you hope to create in the meantime in terms of an internal culture and the stakeholders that we engage with? Yeah, how do you how do you wanna how do you wanna lead? Tell tell listeners a little bit about your your leadership ethos. Mm. Well, that's a really good question. I I'm really committed to taking care of people the way that I always hoped that I would be taken care of. And and you know, we we as an organization are not going to be effective at doing this very important work if the people who are executing on this very important work don't feel empowered and supported and that their that their their balance and their alignment is respected as as far as their personal lives and their families and and all of that stuff. I try very hard to be empathetic and to listen uh, and to involve any everyone. I want all members of our team to have uh, to feel ownership in what we're doing. So in the long term, I think by establishing those things, I, I, I really picture the nonprofit world like an ideal nonprofit situation, like as a like a baseball farm system almost. Like I want people to really want to be part of of Imagine because mm. they know that's an amazing place to work. That's got mm -hmm. great people who are taken care of and are feel supported. Like, and then if after a few years they end up advancing either in the organization or out, or or be they become an executive director somewhere or whatever, you know that's that's great for the whole nonprofit ecosystem and everybody benefits and the world benefits, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, that's, it, it may seem overly aspirational, but I, I, it's possible. I've seen it happen. And, you know, we have the, the culture already. When I showed up on day one, the culture was already established. Great culture, uh, great volunteers, great board, great committees, great employees. Like, uh, and it's just something that I hope to, to build on. And, you know, I, I want us to be the, the destination place for aspiring arts administrators. Awesome. So how can listeners out there who are curious about the work of Imagine get involved? You can start by connecting with us on our various social uh, offerings uh, by definitely subscribing to the podcast because Elizabeth features the cool stuff that's happening. Sign up for our newsletter, definitely. Yes. And then uh, down the pike, a new presentation in our website is coming. So mm -hmm. stay tuned, y'all. Exciting well, stuff. Uh, we're, we're not planning on being quiet. And, and so especially since we are, since a huge portion of what we do is, is based on advocacy, if you have to hunt us out, we're not doing it the right way. Mm. And so we're, we're, uh, rather than, you know, where can you follow along? 
it's going to be, you won't be able to avoid following along. <laughs> we have, we have a lot You're of like, I shall not be ignored. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we got, there's just so many cool things happening in this community. And this, this isn't about us talking about us. This is about us celebrating right. the entire arts and creative ecosystem. And there's so much amazing stuff happening that it deserves to be celebrated. And it's a huge priority for us to celebrate it. Totally. And that's precisely what we're going to do. So look out world. Yeah. We're not going to be a shrinking violet about all that. There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Adam. This was fun. And uh, I'm sure you'll be joining future podcast episodes to give updates and share out share out all that's going on in the Imagine Universe. Right on. Thank you for having me. I can I can check this one off the the bucket list. Like, be a <laughs> guest on the on the podcast. So, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review, or contact us. Creative MKE is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Elizabeth Gasparka. The show's theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore MKE or Facebook. Imagine MKE.